everybody, please come and find your seats. And if you can't find your seat, just grab someone else's. I'm sure they won't mind. Unless they're in it, please no pushing people out of chairs. Come on, let's pray right now. Why don't we stand together? I've just told you to find your seats. Sorry. Let's stand together and we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are a good Father. Lord, this morning we ask that you'll open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to what you want to say. Speak to us this morning, we pray. And everybody says, Amen, Amen. Please be seated. Turn to the person next to you and say, It's great to see you today. It's great. Then turn to the person on your other side and say, It's even greater to see you. Even greater to see you. Wasn't worship this amazing this morning? Wasn't worship incredible? Isn't it special when we gather together? And we give God all glory, honor, and praise. We are continuing our series on service at the table. And right now, why don't we just give a clap to everybody who's on team this morning. Let's just show our appreciation. We thank you for serving at Southfield. And we thank you for helping put on our Sunday celebrations. As we continue our series, we are on week two But last week I spoke on, I love you. Who this week had a heart of, I love you? Who couldn't stop telling people, I love you? I don't like you, but I love you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't like you, I love you. (laughs) It's brutal, it's brutal. This week, as we continue our series, we're going to go straight for the heart. And let me apologize if this offends some people. I am sorry, but I am only the messenger. Take it up with Jesus. This morning's title, Embrace the Inconvenience. Embrace the Inconvenience. Serving is an inconvenience. I'm the first to admit it. Sometimes serving is an inconvenience. Sometimes going to our workplaces is an inconvenience and we would much rather be at home or on holiday. Sometimes, a lot of the time, serving is an inconvenience. But this morning, I want to encourage you and I want to tell the church together, let's embrace the inconvenience. Let's not moan about it. Let's not be caught up by it. But let's embrace the inconvenience. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, we are working through the book of Jonah. Don't panic. We're not going to read it all. So let me encourage you, during this week, why don't you just find time to read the book of Jonah? It's only a short book. And for those of you who are currently thinking, man, I haven't got time in my week to read the book of Jonah. Well, let me encourage you to embrace the inconvenience and find time to read it because you will be blessed and encouraged. So for those who don't know, the book of Jonah goes like this. Jonah was a man of God and God spoke to Jonah one day telling him to go to a place called Nineveh. And Nineveh was a broken 
place. It was a place full of sin and wickedness and cruelty, killings. Just like the land and the world we live in today, it was full of brokenness and broken people. But God spoke to Jonah and said, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to go and preach the good news. I want you to go and tell them to repent. Jonah heard the message and what did he do? He ran in the opposite direction. He got on a ship and he sailed as far away as he possibly could. But on the journey as he was sailing away, a great storm came. And all of a sudden, he was thrown into the sea by the other people on the boat. And a whale swallowed him whole. But don't panic. The story doesn't end there. He doesn't die. He spends three days and three nights in the stomach of a whale. Man, he must have stank. Maybe people repented because the smell was so bad, they just wanted him to go. He must have stank. But he eventually arrived in Nineveh where he preached the good news and all came to know God for themselves and the land was restored. But Jonah was still a moaner. He was still a complainer. He still couldn't see the victory unfolding before his eyes. He didn't know how to embrace the inconvenience. Before being here at Southfield, uh, me and my wife got married and then we moved to a place called Castle Carey just up the road. But we felt that we still needed to travel to our church in Bristol. Only a small church and we played a few different roles and it was Sarah's dad's uh, church. So we felt like we needed to travel backwards and forwards. And let me tell you, not a journey went past when I didn't think, man, this is an inconvenience. This is a joke. I'm traveling an hour and a half both ways, sometimes three times a week, sometimes four times a week. After working all day, it is an absolute inconvenience to go and serve 30 kids on a Thursday night. It's an inconvenience to go and lead worship on a Sunday morning. It's an inconvenience to take our little puppy in the car who can't be left on in the car journey all the way there where he's being sick and pooing all the way. It's an inconvenience. Life serving is an inconvenience. But Jesus kept saying, but keep going. Keep persevering. You're serving the church. And let me tell you, when I look back now, some of the best miracles I see, some of the best things I saw in my life happened during the inconvenience. They happened because I faithfully laid down my time, sometimes not happily. In fact, majority of the time, not happily. But I gave up time to serve and God was faithful. In amongst all the inconvenience of serving, there are victories. Don't get caught up moaning and complaining, but embrace it. Open your eyes and see what God is doing. I'm sure we can all relate to Jonah. I'm sure there's been times in all of our lives when we have felt God is saying, do this or do that or go and speak to this person or serve in that team. And all we want to do is run in the opposite direction. 
but it takes up more time and I haven't got any more time. I've got to be committed and sometimes I enjoy just not rocking up on a Sunday morning. It means I've got to leave this job and go to a new job. It means I've got to give up this healthy paycheck and go to a place which I don't know if there's security or longevity. So many times in our lives, we are called by God to go and do something and we see it as an inconvenience. Let me encourage you today, embrace the inconvenience. I hear it all the time and I've lived it and I in fact say it so many times. I'll do this for a season. For this season, I'll serve. Oh, you know what? This season is so tough. It's so hard. I just can't serve during this season. And that's okay. Some of us are really busy. And some of us have got deadlines. And some of us have got a crazy home life. Some of us are so broken, we just need time to rest and repair. But let's not use the word season as an excuse to not get involved. Let's not use the word season as an opportunity to get out of what God is calling us to do. In this season, I'm too busy, God. I'm sorry, but I can't do it. In this season, in this season, Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. When things get tough, when we get tired, when we get exhausted, when we've been serving faithfully for years on and years and years and we've seen nothing change, we've seen no groups grow, when we're struggling, if we do not give up in seasons, we will see growth. In seasons, we will see the goodness of God. In seasons, we will see victories. So as you embrace the inconvenience this week and you find time to read the book of Jonah, let me encourage you to look at his heart. Have we got a heart like Jonah? Running away from the things we're called to do? Running away from service at the table? Or are we going to make a stand and say, you know what? I love you enough. I love God enough. I love the church enough. I love my brothers and sisters. I love the broken land of Nineveh enough that I am just going to embrace the inconvenience. Sometimes I'm going to come in and I'm going to have square eyes and I'm going to look a little bit tired, but I'm still going to serve God. Point number one, I'm commanded. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm commanded. Last week, and we're going to quickly go past this one. Last week, I spoke on I love you, and we looked at Matthew 22, 36 to 40. We serve, we love, because we're commanded to do so. Not just because it's a nice thing to do. Not just because we want to do it, but because we are commanded to do it. It says this, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And second is just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. 
we are commanded to love. Love is a sacrificial thing. We sacrifice our time, our words, our energy, our prayers, our efforts for others because we love you. I might not like you, but I still love you. I still give up time, not because of the things you wear, not because of the things you say, not because of the things you do, but because Jesus commands me to love you. And we serve because we're commanded to love. Ephesians 4, 23 to 24 says, You are taught to be made new in your hearts, to become a new person, that a new person is to be made like God, made to be truly good and holy. God wants us to be just like him, good and holy people with hearts like his. And what is heart? For others. His heart is that all will receive freedom. His heart is that all that will know him as their Lord and Saviour. So our hearts should be screaming, I love you and I serve you because I too want you to experience freedom. I too want you to experience new life and love to its fullest. I talk a lot about this family that we uh, helped a lot in Bristol. And uh, the family were a crazy family full of drugs, full of abuse, full of hurt. And over the years that we were there, we mentored them, we loved on them, we supported them. But man, was it hard. Man. And there were times when I used to think, do I really want to travel an hour and a half for them to smash a window? Do I really want to travel an hour and a half for them to swear in my face? Do I really want to travel an hour and a half for them just to ignore me? It was such an inconvenience a lot of the time serving that family. But they were a part of our church and Jesus told us to love them. So this opportunity came when we used to go into their house and we used to pray with them and get to know them. We used to take the kids out and we used to go on trips. And we went in the house one day and we suddenly realised what a mess they were living in. The house was ruined. The windows were smashed, wallpaper was hanging off the walls, ceilings were dropped. They had, I think it was like red skirting boards. If you've got red skirting boards, I still love you, but I wouldn't recommend it if you haven't. They had red skirting boards everywhere. The doors were like half red, half purple. It was a mess. And I turned to Sarah and she turned to me and we came up with the decision that we were going to bless the family and we were going to renovate their house. So I remember turning to a few people and saying, hey, we're going to do this. Can you help us? Can you give financially? And the church were like, well, there's just nothing we can do. And we're like, oh, but we really want to bless them. We want to love on them and show God's heart. But there's just nothing we can do. So we rallied around and we went to different people and we said, what can you do? What can you do? Can you help us? And eventually the day came when we told them to get out of their house and we sent them off to go and have a day out. And a group of us went in and ripped the house apart. We painted, we put new carpets in, new furniture in, new beds in. And they came back and they went, wow, is this my room? The children were like, is this really my room? Yeah. And do you know why we've done it? Because God loves you. 
This is a sign that you are God's child, that you are cared for. Man, it was a long day. It was tiring. So many times through the day, we'd even say to ourselves, how long is it going to last? In a week's time, is it going to be wrecked again? In two weeks? In a day? But we decided to embrace the inconvenience and bless them. And from that day, they saw us in completely different light. The children wanted to be with us. They wanted to spend time with us. The children wanted to be in church because they realized that the church loved them, that God loved them. Sometimes we need to embrace the inconvenience. We need to get over ourselves and realize that we are commanded to love. And when we embrace the inconvenience, there are victories all around us. There's a victory today that we're able to share time together because somebody has put the tea and coffee together. There is victory today because as we worship, as the team led us in worship, the atmosphere changes. There is victory when people embrace the inconvenience and serve out of love. So let's choose to obey the commandment and to love one another, laying down our lives for the sake of of others. Point number two, quit moaning. Oh, brutal. Turn to your neighbor and say, quit moaning. (laughs) Quit moaning. Now, I know we don't all moan, but when I was studying the book of Job, let me tell you, I am a moaner, okay? So I love a good moan. At the end of a long day, I love a good moan. It's like my stress relief. Sarah gets it all. So pray for Sarah. She hears all the moaning. A lot of the time in my house when I'm moaning, my, t- my family go, what would you do if the church heard you moan? Well, I'm going to admit, I am a moaner and I love a moan. But number two, quit moaning. As I was studying Jonah, it suddenly dawned on me that Jonah too was a verbal moaner. And how do I know that? Well, in Jonah 1.10, it says this, Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is it that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing, uh, fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. He had told them that he was fleeing. Now, I'm sure he didn't just go, oh, I'm just running away from God. I'm sure he had a story to tell. I'm sure he had a little bit of gossip to share. I'm sure that he moaned to the other sailors on the boat about how bad his life was. That this God that he loves and serves is telling him, who's got the world's busiest life, who's the most unequipped person he feels to go to Nineveh. Man, if that was me, the sailors would have got an earful. They would have got an earful. I'm not going. I'm on this boat, not for you to tell me what to do. I'm on this boat because I'm fleeing. I want nothing to do with that. They are so broken, so hurting, so unlovable that I'm going in the opposite direction. Jonah told them. He moaned at them. Why was Jonah moaning? Quit moaning. But instead, Everything we do, do it as if we're serving the Lord. 
do it as if it's Jesus drinking the tea and coffee, as if it's him that we're welcoming, as if it's him that we're doing all of our daily chores for. Colossians 3, 23 to 25, in the message translation, puts it like this. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into inheritance. Do everything as if you're doing it for God and do it to your fullest. Don't moan about it. Don't complain about it. But do it to your fullest. Last week when I was cleaning the toilets, I was moaning. I was like, these toilets stink. Like, this is bad. And I was moaning to everyone, anyone who said, oh, would you like anything? No, leave me alone. I'm doing it. It's a rubbish job. This week, I decided that I was going to do it without moaning. So when somebody came to me and I was about to moan at them, and they went to me, what are you doing this for? I was about to say, well, because I have to. I don't want to do it. It's an awful job. Instead, I said, well, someone's got to do it. And I'm pleased to be able to clean the toilets. And they looked at me and they knew that there was an inner fight going on. But I'm pleased to serve the church. I'm pleased to serve God. And I'm happy to embrace the inconvenience. And in my life, in our life, in a culture as the church, let's try and quit moaning. Instead, let's embrace. If we're not happy with the speed that our teas and coffee come, why don't we help on the team? If we're not happy that our kids can't go to crash this week because there's not enough team, why don't we jump on team and help? Let's embrace this thing called inconvenience and let's love one another. I think England, UK citizens, we are the best at moaning. Right? We just came back from holiday and on the plane as we were flying back, all we, I could hear was people moaning. When you're on your way out, no one moans because we're all excited. Come on, we're going on holiday. But on the way back, all I could hear was, oh, when are they going to bring round the tea and the coffee? Oh, we're having to wait so long to get on the plane. Oh, 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 we're so good at moaning. And we're called to be different. The church, the people of God are called to be separated from the world. It means different. It means not like the world. So let's strive for the culture at South Leland Church not to be a culture of moaners, but to be a people that hear the struggles, hear the difficulties, and agree that we're going to make a difference, that we're going to roll our sleeves up, and we're going to love and serve one another, laying down our lives. And lastly, point number three, don't miss out. Jonah was too busy living a life full of inconveniences. He was too busy being afraid, too busy being hurt, too busy thinking, why me? He was too busy to see 
what every Christian, pastor, evangelist dreams of seeing, a whole nation full on its knees declaring, holy, holy, holy. He was too busy to see the miracle unfolding before his very eyes. Let's not be a church that's too busy complaining and looking at the inconveniences to miss what God is doing. I uh, had the privilege of meeting the Hub team and all the people that serve at the Hub this week. And I just wanted to encourage them. And I wanted to say thank you for all that you're doing. And one of the things that I specifically wanted to say is, yes, we are not seeing hundreds of people week in and week out. But what we are seeing is real life transformation, little by little, in people's lives. Sometimes it can feel like an inconvenience setting up the entire room for 10 people. But the difference that we are making in those 10 people's lives is worth every second, every chair, every table. It is worth all energy, time and effort. Don't miss out on what God is doing. Don't miss out on the victories happening around us by being too busy complaining, moaning and caught up in the inconvenience. The definition of inconvenience in the Cambridge Dictionary is a state or an example of problems or trouble often causing a delay or loss of comfort. So often in life, we are uncomfortable. So often in life, all we want is a little bit of comfort. We just want a lion. We just want a day off. We just want a bigger paycheck. But Jesus says, step out, lay everything down, sacrifice it all and follow me. That means it's going to be uncomfortable. That means it's going to be difficult. It means it's going to have highs and lows. But Jesus is faithful. Other words associated with inconvenience are bother, nuisance, hassle, trial, bugbear, headache. And just right now, ask yourself, when you've been going to work, when you've been serving your neighbour, cutting their grass, when you've been serving at Southfield, when you've been serving elsewhere, how often have you said, man, this is a real hassle. It is such a nuisance to have to get up early. It is such a headache always having to cut my neighbour's grass. So often we complain about the inconvenience and we miss the victory. When you cut your neighbour's grass, you are telling them that you love them because God loves you. When you serve at Southfield, you're telling the brothers and sisters around that you love them, that you value them, and you want their experience this morning to be one that encounters Jesus, one that is special. Embrace the inconvenience. Band, do you want to come back up? I know this morning is brutal. I know this morning a lot of us get it right. But I know this morning, me included, a lot of us sometimes get caught up by the inconvenience. And that's okay. That is okay. 
but let's choose to change the culture of South Elam Church, of our workplaces, of our families, of our communities, of our schools. Let's change the culture and let's be a culture that sacrificially gives up time and energy and effort, embracing the inconvenience to show God's love and God's goodness and his mercy. Let's not be like Jonah. Please stand with me right now. As I was uh, preparing this message, man, so many times I deleted the entire thing and tried to do something else. But I couldn't shake, embrace the inconvenience. And God was speaking to me as much as he may be speaking to you this morning, that serving him can be an inconvenience. But let's not see it as an inconvenience. Let's see it as an opportunity. Let's see it as a privilege. A privilege to be part of God's A-team for his plan here in Yeovil. A privilege to be a part of his A-team in bringing the gospel to the hospital, in bringing the gospel to our schools, in bringing the gospel to our workplaces. Let's see it as an opportunity, not an inconvenience. So right now, let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. Last night, as I was uh, sat there, I just spent a few minutes saying, God, what do I currently see as an inconvenience that is actually an opportunity? So I want you to ask yourself this morning, reveal to me what I currently see as an inconvenience which you have actually given to me as an opportunity. What can I learn from this? What are the victories from this? What's happening around me in this? God, what am I seeing as an inconvenience? Just ask him.
choose above all else to love you and to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And together in love, together in unity, together as an army, together as a team, all playing parts of the body, we advance and we declare the world of your goodness and your love. So use us, we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Let's work.